So just before we finish up today's show, I want to let you know about my next group program, my health kickstart and detox. The best way to start diving into your health, if this is what you're doing and my podcast is motivating you to get started, is to start looking at nutrition, the right way to eat for your body and understanding that, as well as digestion, because you are what you absorb and not just what you eat. And so I teach how to ensure your digestive system is even turned on so that you can benefit from the food that you're putting into your body, as well as sugar. Where is it sneaking into your diet, even when you're trying to be careful? Unfortunately, it's in everything these days, and so it does tend to sneak in. So I combine all of this learning in a group program for support for you, along with setting you up for success on your detox program providing recipes and meal plans, etc., so that you can truly enjoy the benefits of getting those toxins out. I've never had someone get to the end of my program and go, gee, I wish I didn't do that. Instead, I get to hear all of their amazing success stories like, wow, my, I have such mental clarity now. My aches and pains are gone. I'm sleeping better. My bloating and gas and indigestion is gone. So I love hearing that. It motivates me to keep sharing with others because I truly do believe when we get the toxins out, when we create a body that is inhospitable to disease and we make it a lifestyle, that we can get rid of the chronic illness that we have in our world today. So click the show notes to learn more about the program. The link is there. And if you have any questions, book a call with me so we can chat and figure out, is this the right program for you? I look forward to hearing from you. Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake-up call. Welcome back to another edition of Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call. I am Melissa Dealey, your host, and excited to bring you an incredible guest today to share her story of inspiration because, of course, my theme this month is inspiration. So welcome, Tanya. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you so much, Melissa. It's so great to be here. And I I think you're a, a great inspiration to our community of women as well, um, to our whole community, whether you be woman or man and, and everything in between. So thank you for having me. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I'm just going to share a tiny snippet of your story because I really want the audience to hear it in your own words. 
but Tanya is a mother of five beautiful children and two young granddaughters. And look at her, like you would never know that if you looked at her. They are her world and she is so grateful to be here with them and for them today as she has experienced not one, but two horrendous car crashes, which that just sounds absolutely horrendous, as you've said. And but here you are smiling, thriving, don't look nearly old enough to have, you know, two granddaughters. So you've, you've clearly done a lot of healing in that time. And I would love you to share this story of inspiration with the audience. So please take us back to where this started and what you've done. So to begin, I I really would love to step forward and say that life is a journey. And we're all on this journey of healing from the day we're born, we learn and we, we start in our environment, coming into this world with a blank slate. And what, you know, some people say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I come from a background of trauma after trauma um, from childhood. So in 2012, I had had one previous accident in 2010, which put me off work for um, three months. And, you know, that was okay, a little bit life-changing. I had just graduated from university and um, I had to walk with a cane, go to the chiropractor. So I learned a little bit of healing from there, but it wasn't completely devastating. I still had a job to go back to, but after five and a half years of university, I did have to use a cane to go across the stage. It was painful to get, to go to convocation with that kind of injury, but I did it, you know, and I was grateful that I earned that degree, but I wish I was walking across that stage and dancing across of it, you know, and just like, wow. And, and fully then, celebrating it, right? <laughs> celebrating it. I, I really wanted to fully celebrate it, but I did it in pain. Um, but you know, life happens. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, get over that hurdle. And I healed from that pretty, pretty good. You know, I was still experiencing some pain. And then just as I thought things were getting better in 2012, um, I was back at work thriving five children, you know, life was going really good for me. And I was on my way to becoming a lawyer. I had graduated as a criminologist and, and I was like, wow, I'm going to go to UBC law, which is in um, Vancouver, BC. They're a really prominent law school, not like the ones back East. (laughs) I was still on my way there with five children. I was like, wow, life is really happening. I was struck by a drunk driver. Um, At that moment, I died. and came back to life with a completely different trajectory. And so it, it huh. <laughs> life changed. Mm-hmm. I spent 18 days in the hospital with multiple musculoskeletal injuries, pain like I never knew it. I became my children's patient instead of their parent. I didn't know how to maneuver in the world as a completely broken person, mother, sister, daughter, all of these things. I I didn't know how to operate in the world as an educated woman. And now as completely reliant on everyone around me, I was the one taking care of everyone. And now everyone around me was taking care of me. Um, I was advised by the doctors. I'd never walk again. I was in a wheelchair. I'd never talk properly again. I had a stutter. I, I would never return to university. All of the goals and dreams that I had for myself were no longer. So what do you do in that situation? 
Yeah. What do you do? What does that do to your mindset to even hear that kind of prognosis? Yeah. And, and all my life, I had to fight for everything I had. I was a single mom before I was married to a man who would not participate in the family. He refused. He refused to contribute financially, emotionally, parentally. He was in the house, but he was just a warm body. And the children had to step up and take care of everything. So as a mother, what do you do? You're injured and you're watching the world around you fall apart. We as women, and I've given this talk before for some who might know me might be listening to this because I will certainly share it on my page. But we as women, we fight. Mm -hmm. With every fiber of our being, we fight. And when I heard that prognosis, I'm like, oh, no, you don't know who you're dealing with. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> you know? I got through five years of university, five and a half years with five children while working full time. Nothing can stop me. But this accident stopped me in my tracks and I had to reevaluate. So honestly, um, your, your life changes and you reevaluate. So that's what I had to do. I just want to stop there for a second, though, because I'm hearing you saying that I'm unstoppable, and I'm not going to accept this prognosis. And I'm sure that was part of you being able to be on this podcast and talk to me without a stutter and not be in a wheelchair anymore, because you had a different belief from what you were being told, you refused to take on what you're being told. Absolutely. So my whole life, people told me I couldn't do this because I was raised in a trailer park. I couldn't do that because I was a woman. I wasn't allowed to go to university. Um, no one in my family had graduated university. It was all limitation after limitation I had a baby at 17. Oh, you're never going to go anywhere and you're going to remain on income assistance your whole life because you had a baby as a teenager. Well, <laughs> what that did for me was this power rose up inside me. When someone says I can't do something, I, I get this feeling inside me that says, oh, now I'm going to show you. And I look for examples of women who have done it before me and succeeded to show me proof that it's possible. Yep. And so I live by that value system. If someone has gone through it and succeeded, I too can succeed. So I start looking, it's, it's what we call the reticular activation system. Yes. If you put your mind to something and you look for proof and examples of that, all of a sudden you'll start seeing it everywhere and it'll become possible for you. Mm -hmm. It's just so, like, yeah. it's just like, you know, as on a really basic level, I'd never paid attention to Subaru cars before. And then I go and buy a new car three years ago. And I went to Toyota that I'd had, I went to Honda that I'd had. And in the same mall was Subaru and I'd never owned a Subaru, never paid attention, but I ended up buying that car. And then of course, every other car on the road is now a Subaru, right? I just saw them everywhere. 
that's exactly what you're talking about here on a very simplistic level Mm -hmm. on a more perhaps, you know, spiritual level. What I'm hearing you talk about is you were looking for that inspiration yourself. And how often is it that we don't think we can do something ourselves until we've seen that someone else can do it, right? It even came down to, you know, in the Olympics and running the mile and whatever it was under however many minutes. And it was, you know, deemed to be humanly impossible until someone did it. And then all of a sudden everybody else started doing it too, because we saw it was possible. So I love that you were looking to others for that validation that it could be done and then challenging yourself to say, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. And again, stepping into that unstoppable mindset. That is exactly what we need to do and why I became a public speaker, because I want to share that with everyone, because if we can come into that mindset at a younger age in our lives, Mm -hmm. we will start stepping into our power, into our gifts that we're given, thinking of where is your proof? If you start to doubt yourself, where is your proof that that's not possible for you? And go for, look for the proof that it is possible. So, you know, athletes have it, you know, when they, when they practice, like you said, the Olympics, you know, who says I can't do that? Who told me I can't? Oh, well, I'm going to show you that I can. It's very funny that you say that because, you know, even with Olympians as people might be thinking, well, I'm not an Olympian. So how is that relevant? But I want to share a story of my daughter when she was two or three. And she's the January baby, right? So a lot of her friends were actually from September, October, November, December, the year before. So just slightly older, a grade ahead at school. But when I put my, uh, when I put her into swimming lessons by herself, she didn't want to jump into the pool from the edge, right? But then I put her into the same class with her friend that's literally two months older and they do swimming lessons together and she sees her friend jump in. She just takes one look at her and go, oh, and jumps in, Right. And so for quite a few years, I always put her with one of her friends that was just slightly older, who was already doing it. And then all of a sudden she could do it too, right? And it's just proof that even in that little two-year-old, three-year-old, even learning to ski, et cetera, that young, young mind, I think it's innately there that we can recognize, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And somewhere along the way, you know, through life, we will beat ourselves up and squash ourselves down and start to believe that we can't do things just because others can, that we're not good enough, etc. But that's all BS. We're all human beings. And we, yes, we all have our innate special talents, but if someone else can do it, we can too. It might take a little bit more practice to get there, but we can absolutely do it. Yeah. And, and one thing I stress, like, is, is to clients, to people around me, is that when they say, I'm not a good singer. Well, do you want to be a singer? If they don't want to be a singer, okay, it's a mute point. But if you want to be a good singer, take lessons. Mm-hmm. It, it's possible for you to be a good singer. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be a singer on stage? Do you want to be a recording artist? How good of a singer do you want to be? Anything's possible with practice with intention, with dedication, be the best you can be at anything you put your efforts into. Nobody has to be 
something someone else's dream is. It's your dream on your terms by your standards. Seek out someone who's doing it and follow their example. And don't listen to someone who tells you that you can't. So on that story, I am guilty of saying I'm not a good singer because I've heard all of my life (laughs) and I love to sing. And so I don't really care if I'm not a good singer because I'll sing in the car, I'll sing in the shower, or I'll sing while I'm doing my workouts because it just brings me joy. Right. And, you know, I married my husband after we drove all the way across Canada and he let me sing in the car the whole way (laughs) and he didn't complain. (laughs) But, (laughs) but when I was in middle school, Every year we had our Christmas concert, right? And you either were in the play or in the choir. And so I didn't want to be in in the play. I wanted to sing. But the choir teacher would always tell me, you're not a good enough singer to be in the choir. And so I just kept hearing that I wasn't a good singer. And I didn't want to be a famous singer. But choir was one way to be a better singer, maybe, right? And anyway, somehow every year I talked myself into the choir because I wanted that more than the acting. And so I was in the choir and I did get to sing, but I came away with thinking, I'm not a good singer, to your point. And is it my dream? No, so I don't pursue it. But how many times have we stopped our dreams because somebody's told us we're not good at it or we can't? And that's hard to overcome as well. So we have experience with that too. I do. For example, like when I said, the doctor said I wouldn't walk. I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't even be able to think because I had a brain injury and, and still I deal with post-concussion syndrome um, and seizure disorder and, and all of these things that the labels, the diagnoses, because someone's wearing a white coat mm-hmm. and because they're a physician, it's a prognosis or a diagnosis the label of permanent disability. These can really weigh on us like a cloak or like a metal armor that is so heavy that we carry it around every day. What I challenge people to do is take that armor off and say, okay, I'm going to get a second opinion. Mm -hmm. I might even look in the mirror and take my own opinion and and challenge myself to Mm -hmm. say, you said I can again I'm going to do everything I can do to be my best self and challenge myself to see how far I can walk challenge myself to see how many books I can read even if I have to start at watch Jane run Mm -hmm. it I don't have to own that diagnosis or that prognosis I can take myself as far as I personally can with what Ever I'm dealing with, whether it be health, weight, education, occupation, anything along, like your sign says behind you, your guided health journey. It's your journey, mm-hmm. your health on your terms. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I got rid of the wheelchair. I got rid of the walker. I love that. I started to talk without a stutter because I practiced every day, just like singing. I read my books out loud. I exercised the neurons in my brain, which is neuroplasticity Mm. to create new synapses to be able to challenge myself 
to get to a point where I could return to school. I could return to work, but it takes effort and dedication. It's not an easy journey. No. But I now walk in heels. I went to Tony Robbins in California to attend Unleash the Power Within, which crushes your belief systems, which is what we're really talking about here, Mm. is, is really getting to the heart of why do we believe what we believe and who told me that it wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. So I like to call it making the impossible possible. Yes. Finding examples of who told me it wasn't possible and why should I believe their source? Consider the source always. And how can I make it possible for me in my circumstance? So I walked on fire when I was there and I didn't get burned. And I'm like, how is that? But 10,000 people did it at the same time as me. 10,000 people didn't get burned. How is that possible? And that you'd think that that was phenomenal, but people have been doing it for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. It is not something outrageous to think about because your mind controls the body. And your mind is so, so powerful. If you're enjoying my content and someone that wants to step into being proactive in your health and learning more, I would love to invite you to join my membership community. There's a link in the show notes for only $19.99 a month. You get access to all of my content and there is a lot as well as weekly calls that you can come and get your health questions answered. It's truly priceless. I'd love to see you join the community. Check out the link in the show notes. And so I love all that you're sharing here because when I work with clients, they might come to me with a diagnosis. I may not even know what that diagnosis means because I'm not a doctor. And the reality is, is that diagnosis doesn't actually matter to me in my work because what I'm looking for is what's going on inside the body, where the imbalances are so that we can rebalance the body because at that point it will heal itself. And what I don't love about diagnoses is so often people are like, well, I want a diagnosis. So I finally know what's wrong with me. But the diagnosis is actually that label. And when we focus on the label, we get more of that label. Unless we shift our mindset into not taking that diagnosis on like you did. Thank you. That's so beautiful of a statement. Refusing to own the diagnosis. How about we talk about what's right with you? Yes. Do you know when you are balanced nutritionally, psychologically, holistically, you feel better. You feel joy. Like your saying says, I am enough. Mm-hmm. Because you are enough and health is everything. So when you look at health, like I am a pain educator. I teach biopsychosocial pain management because we want to tune down the pain signals that go from your mind to your body. Chronic pain does not have to control you. You can control your chronic pain by looking at things in your environment that contribute to what's making your pain scream at you. You don't necessarily need a pill. You need a purpose. Mm -hmm. That's my mantra. So when I'm thinking about when I couldn't walk, yes, it was painful to walk, but I wanted to walk more than I wanted to be in pain. Mm -hmm. Right. Movement is not going to hurt you more. Movement will ease the pain in the long run. So whether it be swimming or going on a bike 
or even walking in the park with your bare feet on, getting that nice nature walk and the grounding benefits and ground. Yes. Whatever it is, people think exercising means going to a gym and working out next to a, a someone who's running on the treadmill at 120 <laughs> per minute or what you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not it. It's it's on your terms. Absolutely. My my business bestie, um, she says there was a lady on the internet who movement to her meant just getting out of bed and moving her hand to start with. Mm-hmm. Any movement is good movement. Mm-hmm. When I first had the accident and broke my neck, um, all I could move was my eyes. And it hurt the back of my neck so bad. But the physiotherapist told me, just move your eyes side to side for two minutes at a time. And what it did was it exercised the muscles at the back of my neck. We'd be surprised at how gentle, specific movements create change. And you got to start somewhere. Absolutely. And it's always the baby steps. You don't want to just start with something massive because that can cause further damage or further pain. And then that gets you stuck again. But if you start with the little baby steps, even if there's a little bit of pain, that's a baby step that you can tolerate Mm -hmm. that allows you to build strength and build that muscle so that you can do more. Absolutely. And that's so beautiful. Like life will tell us when we're on the right track, just like you said, with balancing your health, your body will tell you if you're eating the wrong, wrong nutritional things for your body. It actually screams at you. If you get heartburn, if you get gastrointestinal pain, gallbladder attacks, you you listen to your body say, I wonder what my body's trying to tell me and actually listen. I'm always sharing that right? Because we're rushing through life. And so often we just don't slow down to listen just because of societal norms of do more, do more and these expectations and we're raising families and, you know, but look at you, you were had five children and going to university and everything else, right? When we slow down and listen to what our body's telling us, we can actually hear it and then know what to do. And the other thing is to know that These symptoms are our body asking us to do something differently. They're not simply just, hey, I'm getting old. Hey, I've got seasonal allergies. Hey, I've got bad genes and we'll just ignore it, right? They're actually our body asking us to do something differently and take different action. Absolutely. And that is the benefit of incorporating a health educator into your life and incorporating other voices that are going to show you to help you grow. Self-care is so important mm-hmm. in our lives today that a lot of people go, 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 and then they get that wake-up call. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're wondering, what happened? I was doing everything right. I don't know where this is coming from. But if you actually stop and listen and say, actually, I do know where this is coming. And you can see it like a red flag waving over your whole entire universe. If I was only listening, Mm -hmm. if I only stopped and slowed down, when's the last time I sat at my table and allowed my body to digest a meal? Mm -hmm. When is the last time I dipped my toes in the sand and spent some time enjoying my own company? Do you know, these things are so important. I'm 53 years old and people say, oh, you look 
like you're in your early 40s or no, I have respect for my body. Mm-hmm. I have respect for my environment. I have respect for the relationships I have. I have respect for the people I choose to associate with. Because you are who you keep company with. You are who you feed your mind. You are who you feed your body. You are who you put into every realm of your environment. And when you pay attention to that, your body doesn't go into dis-ease. I agree 100%. And I'm also 53 years old. So there you go. Beautiful. I wouldn't have known that. (laughs) Same thing. People say that to me all the time. And I tell my clients that I feel as good or better than I did in my 30s or 20s because I've learned how to do this. I've learned how to take care of my body, how to create a body that's inhospitable to disease. And now that I know that, I want to share it with the world too, because why not? I didn't grow up learning it. When I was in the corporate world, I didn't know it. It wasn't until I had that shift in my life of being let go and then figuring out what am I going to do next and finding my way into health coaching that I started to learn this and how powerful it is when we choose to take proactive action in our health and how quickly the body responds when we create an environment for it to heal and how amazing you feel. And I love to ask my clients, just how good are you willing to allow yourself to feel? And how will that look for you? Mm-hmm. If you can walk upstairs without running out of breath. Yes. You can stand and cook a meal and sit and enjoy it. Yes. When, when you don't have to rush to grab a meal on your way. When you get up on the first alarm of your phone, or better yet, when you get up without setting an alarm because your body is so responsive to the messages you feed it. Those things are really important because then you are in total control of your life. Things happen that are out of your control, like car accidents, like ill, like I think illness a lot of times is within our control to a certain extent of what we can do. I agree. Yeah. And there, there are some things that, that arguably are out of our control you know, things going on around the world and things like that, Mm -hmm. but things we can't change. We should not busy our minds with. Exactly. You know, stress because it's out of our control. And when we feel out of control, that just adds to our stress. So those are the times when we really need to choose to focus on what we can control and bring ourselves down to that place. So we can release that stress. Absolutely. And, and that is a real, it takes practice. It really does to unbusy your mind. One of, one of my mentors and the authors that I, I have read a lot of his material, John Kabat-Zinn is really good with that, teaching that the art of doing nothing, Mm -hmm. mindfulness strategies that that helped me with, because my mind was always racing and, oh my gosh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to, who said so? Who said? I choose, right? Yes. I have to show up at work on time. Yes, I have to keep my commitments because I have integrity, but really do a a value check with yourself. When I book this, how important is it to me? Mm -hmm. Am I overextending myself? Mm -hmm. Am I surrounding myself with people that I choose to be associating with? And really book yourself wisely so that you can have the integrity to be there. Those things are important. 
They are. And it comes back to two little words that we so often use the wrong way. And that's yes and no. And when we ask ourselves those questions, we might feel a whole lot more comfortable saying no. When we say no to others, we're saying yes to ourselves. And that's learned too, because so many of us are raised to say yes and help everyone else all the time. And that was definitely me. Mm -hmm. And learning to say no to others allows us to say yes to ourselves and be in integrity and be able to find the time to create a self-care routine for ourselves. I agree wholeheartedly. Like I go through this little checklist. Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Do, do my values align with the person I'm meeting with? Do you know, I never do anything based on money. That's my first response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Am I meeting with this person? Like I even do this with clients. Mm -hmm. Am I meeting with this person? Because I truly believe that my skills, attributes, and values align with what they're seeking. Or should I recommend them to another coach, psychologist, or otherwise? Mm -hmm. Because when we do that, we're in alignment with our authenticity. Mm -hmm. And that is so important to me. And so I really go through a checklist when I'm going to make a decision. It's the decision-making matrix, you know? And that is part of self-care. It's like when I show up for work every day, because I do work as a, a financial aid worker with the Ministry of Social Development during the day, because I choose to be there for people in a way that I can assist them during the day. Mm -hmm. And then I do speaking on my days off because I have days off as well. I, I show up for others in the community because pain education is important to me mm -hmm. so that I can maybe offer something that someone hasn't considered for them to be their best selves and build their toolbox to wellness. And so it's important for me to share my journey to be there for others so that they can see possibility. Exactly. I was just going to say, because you become their inspiration, just as you sought to find someone else who'd done it as your inspiration, you can now do that for others. And everything happens for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. And the fact that you've been able to go from wheels to heels, which I absolutely love. And you know, we hear of these stories, but there's so few and far between, right? That for some people, they might feel like, well, you know, there's only a few people that have ever done that. And that's not me. But the reality is, is if you're going to have that attitude that that's not me, then no, you're not going to be able to achieve that. But if you instead step into really understanding your story and being inspired by it and knowing that, well, if she can do it, I can do it too. Yeah. that's where you can do it. That's what I hope for others. I love that you're sharing it because it is so, so powerful. I really appreciate that. It is important to me mm -hmm. to show up for others. Mm -hmm. That is my purpose. That is my passion. And it, it's truly why I started doing what I do rather than becoming a lawyer. Yeah. Because I thought, hmm, enter into an adversarial system where it's whoever can argue better <laughs> <laughs> or, or teach people through my journey. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It wasn't that hard of a decision. <laughs> I bet. Because truly, which is more powerful, right? Yes. 
which yeah. serves humanity more, which is more, um, you know, brings you more joy, which is more fulfilling for you, right? Yes. That adversarial argument situation, you know, that can create a lot of, you know, angst in your body, which can actually lead to further health issues, right? Yes. Whereas sharing something that you love and that you're passionate about in that place of giving to others, there's no angst that doesn't cause disease in your body that allows for continued healing and continued self-care and being able to live in that place of love and joy. Absolutely. I, I love that I was able to return to work in a position that I love doing. Mm-hmm. I love showing up with compassion mm-hmm. for people that are considered dispensable. Yeah. You know, and I feel like I was put in that position for a reason mm-hmm. because I've seen what it's like to be discarded. I, I grew up in a trailer park in Kamloops. Mm-hmm. My parents struggled my whole life and I wanted to break the generational curse. So I did. And now I'm on this side of the counter, but I can relate to the other side. Yes. And I'm blessed to be in that position. I'm blessed to be a pain educator. Again, in that position, you're showing them it's possible and they don't have to accept the way they were raised as being all they can ever achieve, that there's so much more because you've, you're showing them that every day. Yes. And, and thank you. It, it's, we can go from the corporate world, but I also understand that when your life is in the hands of someone else you can be let go at any time mm-hmm. <laughs> like you said you know and then what do you there. do so I choose to be an entrepreneur and an employee and volunteer in my community because my children have started their own lives now my youngest is 18 they don't need me as much so I can have good work business life balance on my terms mm-hmm. So now I get to do the things that I really, truly love to do in life. Enjoy my grandchildren, enjoy education, enjoy work. And when you're living in your power and by your choice on your terms, life is joyful. Life is beautiful. And I can control my pain by just living in power. Mm -hmm. And when you're living in power, Whatever you're doing as your work doesn't feel like work in that negative sense of work, right? It's like, yay, I get to show up and do this every day, further allowing you to live in that place of joy. But how many people out there today are disengaged in their work and hate their job and are, you know, counting down the hours and days and months to retirement? Too many. And, you know, through this pandemic, we're kind of at that place of the great resignation and so many people that, you know, built a life working at home and improved their life as a result of it, you know, going for walks in the middle of the day with their husband or having more time with their children because they don't have to commute two hours a day. And now Mm -hmm. saying, I don't want to go back to work and quitting their jobs to find jobs that allow them to still work from home or starting businesses, et cetera, et cetera, because people have had that experiential shift forced upon them for long enough that they've figured out a way to make it a better life. And 
I'm actually really enjoying seeing that happen. And I'm really proud of the companies that are adapting to that and recognizing that if they have happy employees, that their business is going to thrive versus the companies that say, nope, it's over. You have to come back to work, right? They're not going to thrive. I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, Richard Branson, who runs the Virgin Empire, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he says employees first. Yes, it should because be. Because then you'll have better customer service. You will have better retention. You know, if your labor force is your biggest expense, mm-hmm. it makes sense to invest in that. Yes. Do you know, I, I oh my goodness, we, we could, I could <laughs> literally talk to you all day because I have, we have the same value system. <laughs> and know? that statement that you've just said, so perfectly relates to our health as well, right? That if you see your health as your greatest asset, it makes sense to invest in it, right? You know, our how people think of their house as their greatest asset or their car. Well, we invest in our house. We vacuum and clean and fix things when they're broken and renovate. And we take our car for oil changes and services on a regular basis so it doesn't break down. But what are we doing to be proactive in the same way in our health? Not enough in most cases, because we don't have a mindset that our health is our greatest asset yet, because we've been raised to believe we don't have to worry about our health. If we get sick, we'll just go to the doctor and they'll make us better. And that's their problem, not ours. Mm -hmm. But our health truly is our responsibility. And as you've learned that the decisions we make around our health will drive our health outcomes. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. And, you know, uh, at Payne BC, which mm-hmm. is a nonprofit organization in BC, the education series that they're putting out there is really engaging patients to be their primary caregiver. I love that. Your house. Yes, exactly. Take care of your house. If yes. you don't know how to repair your house, call an expert. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Call yes. an educator. Yes. Yes. Specialist. Call them, call the plumber, call the roofer, call the whatever you need to do, but educate yourself. You will save yourself in the long run. Not necessarily well, prescriptions are so expensive. But this is why, you know, I really strongly, strongly suggest to choose purpose over a pill. Yes. Because when you have a purpose and joy you really start to make changes through pursuing that fulfillment and and you make changes and you start to pay attention to when you feel your best self, Mm -hmm. you know, and the more that we can get that message out there through your podcast, through, through education, through public speaking, through awareness, through the wake up calls. One of my friend calls it the the feather, the brick, the semi. Yep. That's Jessica. I learned that from Jessica Jessica, and I use all, I use, I use the feather, the brick and the wrecking ball, but yes. And and my friend Rama taught Rasmus. She, she taught that to me. And then I taught it to Jessica and it just spreads all the way through the, our, our community. Yeah. Because the universe will give you a little feather. You might get a little cough. Mm-hmm. And then if you're still not listening to the habits that you have, it'll give you a brick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then in my case, it hit me with a Lincoln. Um, <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, that's the record uh, wall, right? right? It'll tell you you're mm-hmm. on the wrong path. Listen, listen, listen. Mm-hmm. Your body's going to tell you you're, it, it's screaming at you. Do you know? 
If you constantly have digestive issues, I recommend that they call you or, or call me or call Jessica, you know, like seriously, reach out to someone who has done the research or has the lived experience. If you don't think it's possible for you, reach out to one of us in your community that has really done the work to show you that it's possible for you. Yeah. Because we made, we all have made the impossible possible. Career-wise, health-wise, recovery-wise, life-wise, when trauma hits you, how long are you going to drink the poison expecting someone else to die? Yep. Healing is possible. It doesn't change what happened. You know, I was hit by a drunk driver. They're like, oh my gosh, do you hate him now? I'm like, no. Do you think he got in that car and intentionally just grabbed his car and threw it at me? No, I choose to be joyful. I choose to walk in heels. I choose to not let my past dictate my present or my future. I choose to share my story, period. And choosing to be joyful allows your body and cells to be vibrating at a higher level and allows for health versus choosing to be hateful and bitter that brings you down. And again, keeps that angst inside you that causes disease down the path. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on this health journey, I also want to share exactly what you said at the very beginning, get a second opinion, right? You are your, you know, you said primary practice, you know, be your own primary practitioner. I love to say your own best doctor because you've lived in your body your whole life. So if you think something's wrong, if you're trying to listen to the symptoms and trying to understand them and somebody's telling you there's nothing wrong with you, or they've given you a diagnosis that you don't think is right. Again, you don't have to take that on. You can get a second opinion. You can find other people that can support you in this journey. Most definitely. And I love that we're all of the same mindset. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, you've lived in your body your whole life. But I will say, if you look for something, you'll find something. Yes. And that's where Dr. Google is terrible. And I tell people to stay off it. Don't self-diagnose because anybody can self-diagnose on Dr. Google that they're going to die in the next 36 hours. Oh, yes. Right. And, and I've, had, when they wake up. I've had clients call me in a panic, right? Because they've started a protocol and their bodies, you know, had a reaction to it. And then they're freaking out and they're, you know, on, on Dr. Google and now they're going to die in 36 hours. And I have to talk them down and calm them down and ask them not to go looking on the internet again. And, and, you know, they're still here months and months later. <laughs> right. And all we had to do was just adjust a few things. Right. And yeah. So self-diagnosis is never a great idea. Definitely seek help of practitioners and people that are, you know, trained that can guide you and help you, but it's a journey and it's in partnership because you still are your own best doctor and you know what's best for you. When you have the guidance of someone that can kind of show you this particular path, because you haven't been on it before. So you don't know that part, but once you get started, you know, what's best for you. Absolutely. And I will say, learn to say no. Mm -hmm. If you meet someone that doesn't resonate with you. Absolutely. Thank you. But no, mm -hmm. if there's no problem in saying no, say yes to you. Mm -hmm. Because it's your health journey. Yes, if someone doesn't absolutely. resonate with you, choose someone else. And absolutely. Choose someone else. absolutely. I 100% agree. 
So as we wrap up here, I've loved this conversation. As you said, we could talk for hours. We could do a whole other episode, but um, <laughs> you've mentioned this a few times. Of course, the episode, the podcast name is Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call. So what does that mean to you here and now in this moment? If, if you don't change what you're doing today, I want you to think about, for me, I thought about where will I be in a year if I stay the same in the wheelchair? Where will I be? Where, my, where will my children be more importantly if I didn't do the work? So I really had to evaluate. So my wake up call was, I'm not going to be stuck in this bed. For me, it was, I'm going to use everything in my toolbox and look at everything possible to prove the doctors wrong. So my wake up call was <laughs> the universe. My creator didn't want me to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the wrong trajectory. So I am a healer in the sense of I'm my own healer mm-hmm. and I'm here to guide people down the path to becoming their own healer. Cause I think none of us are healers in that sense of the word. I don't like the word, but we are our own healers when we listen to our bodies. So my wake up call was, I wasn't supposed to be a lawyer and this whole experience, I hold nothing bitter because it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I am so blessed that I gained the gifts that I did through it because it showed me just how strong I can be and other people will learn from my journey of wheels to heels. I love it. And you have a book with that title as well. So how can people get hold of your book and learn, you know, go deeper into your story and be further inspired because we're just touching the surface here and how can they get hold of you as well? Okay. So I'm not quite finished writing the book because I keep revising it. Um, (laughs) Actually, she didn't want me to write it because she was very proud and she thought that my story would just traumatize people. Um, And so trigger warning um, when you read the book, but I do put that in the foreword. So by the summer, we should have it released on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And so, but people can get a hold of me on my website, which is www.guidedpathwellness.com. Um, or you can email me at Tanya, T-O-N-Y-A, at guidedpathwellness.com. And uh, I am so open to conversation about pain management, about pain education. I have been trained by Pain BC, and I'm also a Tony Robbins Madonna's coach. Um, a lot of education there, but also lived experience. And I'm always willing to conversate with people who have chronic pain. So those two avenues are the best to get a hold of me. We also have Wellness Wednesdays, which is tonight, where we talk about chronic pain, joy, how to bring more joy into your life. Jessica Coulthard and I hold those meetings every Wednesday night um, just to have a conversation with you about your health so and what matters to you and your health journey. So that's about me and what I do. And if you mention this podcast, I will give you $20 off your session with um, pain education and pain management. And I also do personal development consulting. So if you mentioned that you saw me on Melissa Dealey's podcast, you will get $20 off your session. So 
That's the gift I'm giving to you. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that gift with the audience. And I'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. And you do have a long list of credentials from all of your ongoing studies, et cetera, et cetera. So all of that's in the show notes for everyone to see as well. And yeah, anybody that's struggling with chronic pain, reach out. Or if you just want to be inspired or know someone who's struggling with you know, recovery from pain right now, please share this podcast because it needs to get into the hands of people that need to hear it. So thank you so much for joining me today, Tanya. This has been amazing. Just before we leave, please share one tip with the audience on helping them actually get started and take action today. No matter what you are going through, it doesn't necessarily have to be pain. No matter what you're going through, If you want to find possibility in your life, seek out someone who's done it before you and find that it is possible. I did it. You can do it. Big or small, celebrate the small wins because they matter too. Make the impossible possible for you because it was possible for me to achieve small things and big things by that principle. Anything's possible. You just have to believe in you. And you matter. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you to the audience for listening. I hope you found this podcast super inspiring. It is the theme of the month of April 2022. And thanks for listening and look forward to having you join me again next time. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.